Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where, like a peacock's tail, we have many eyes on Blizzard and its many games. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week is my fantastic co-host, Ann Stickney. Ann, uh, I ask what you've been doing in-game, but let's just start talking about the game. What's going well, on was, in WoW for you right now? I was going to say, uh, can you imagine what it would be like if a peacock actually had eyeballs in its tail? Yes, because I read the myth where that's what happened. So, Ew. yeah, it would be weird. <laughs> I'm just that's, thinking that's, of like, you know, thing, the Detective Argus. Pikachu trailer like that. Then I'm going to start talking about the Sonic trailer. Have you oh, seen that thing? No, there wasn't a trailer. It was just no, like the poster motion poster. And it was everything wrong. I mean, let's just start with the fact that they're making a Sonic live action. movie. No. Okay. I'm not going to go that, into that. I'm just not going to go that into that. Rossi. But it's the look. The look yeah. is just terrible. But yeah, let's talk about World of Warcraft because, yeah, patch 8.1 dropped. Let's just jump right into this thing. You know what happened um, to me yesterday? What happened to you yesterday? I logged in and I immediately got 100 exalted reputations. Like like that. Done. I'm so ha- I'm so happy. <laughs> oh. So I have the esteem title and I have this really sweet blue unicorn because yes, it's a unicorn. It's not a monohorn, no matter what anybody else says. But anyway, um, yeah, I figured I would get it because I was at 98 on one character. Um, and I would have had a hundred on that character, except the only two reputations that I did not have were Warsong Gulch and Arathi Basin. Um, I had Warsong Gulch on another character, so I knew that that would tick it over to 99. And what I forgot was those reputations that you can get, like the, the um, oh my gosh, the one in Angoro where you get the mount. Oh, Angoro or? Yeah. Like Sholazar. It's like, it, it was like the Horde equivalent Maximilian? of the Winter City. 
It was, oh, no, it was oh, a hard right, equivalent the of the winters. Yeah, it, doesn't yeah, that one have reputation associated with it? I thought it did. Maybe that one doesn't. There's another one that's horde specific, like it's only on the horde side. But I had it obviously because I am I obsessed with everybody liking my characters. I guess I don't know. Anyway, so. Because I had those on a Horde character, they counted because it's account-wide, and it just bumped me. And I probably have, like, I don't know. I have well over 100 at this point, Exalted Reputations, just because it is account-wide. So, yeah, I'm happy. Yay! Um, I was really kind of weirded out, though, because the title is Esteemed and then your character's name. Instead of your character's name, The Esteemed. And I feel like it should be the other way around, but I think that's just me. <laughs> that is a little odd. Like, you know, instead of like Jim the Esteemed, it would be Esteemed Jim. It's, yeah, that's it's like Esteemed Jim. Who, who, who that sounds is, too much like Steam Jim. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if somebody's addressing you, they say, ah, it's the Esteemed so and so. So that makes sense, but I, I, I wish it was the other way around. I don't know. Because I am Esteemed. You know, I just, I am. It's a thing now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's what happened with me. And then I got sucked into doing the Darkshore quests, which, oh my gosh, on Alliance yeah. side, they're fantastic. Yeah. I have not, I will go into this and say, I have not done the Horde side yet. I am set up to do so as soon as we finish this broadcast. Like, as soon as we're done with the podcast here, I'm going to go do the Horde side because... <laughs> I need to see what happens over there. <laughs> if I know that when next time we record Lower Watch, which won't be that's a couple of weeks down the road because we just did one. Yeah, it's not this Sunday, Lower but Watch. the Sunday following, and we'll be talking about all this stuff. I know Joe has already done it, so yeah. we'll have you guys be able to cover that. So yeah, I, I did them as well. I did them at like two o'clock in the morning because I woke up and like I was like really tired, so I woke up at two a.m. and I was like, oh, I'm going to go do those. And yeah. uh, there there are ups and downs to it, but I will say one thing that I was really happy to see. Um, was like to see Maya and Chandris working together, which was like, yeah, what? was that not the most awkward conversation? And Maya of like Maya have commented like to Taronda had like an exchange with Taronda where she was like, "I'm surprised you're okay with me right now, given everything that went on." And Taronda said, "You know, essentially, she said if we spent all this time focusing on the past, we wouldn't be able to look to the future or something like that." Anyway, it was basically a big let's let just let bygones be bygones because everything else sucks right now and I need you. Yeah, I, I don't have time <laughs> to be upset with you. I, I, I don't have time that. for any of this. We have things to do that don't involve fighting with each other. So let's just go take care of that. Okay. And Maya seemed to be all right with that. I'm just glad that Maya is back. Oh, yeah. I, was I missed her. Few, there were quite a few characters that I was, I was glad to see, you know, doing things. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I'm straight up, I'm actually really fond of the new Malfurion where he's, he gets to the point right away and just kind of does yes. stuff and doesn't talk very much. Yes. Uh, it's it's a fascinating change where I guess getting hit with an axe in the back uh, has really harshed his mellow or something because he's, he's just like, everybody else is like, no, it's too dangerous. To Malfurion has like a super long fuse. I feel like he's one of those people that has a fuse that extends into eternity and the Horde just managed to reach the end of it. And you don't want to reach the end of the fuse with people like that. You don't. Like in real life. 
if somebody is like super patient and has a really like it's really hard to make them angry you really don't want to make them angry because when they get to that point it's just straight up brutal and yeah yeah, i am really like i'm very excited by malfurion right now because we've we've uh, seen the cinematic before this i mean we saw it at blizzcon and so forth he's terrifying when I got to the point, when I got to the point of the, in the scenario where they show it, where they're like, you know, click on click on my owl and he'll show you the scout report, or she'll show you the scout report. I think it's pretty sure Toronto's owl is a she, um, and you get it. Uh, it's just still the bit where he comes out of nowhere and is just taking out horde members, and one of them just gets sucked into the ground by vines, and you never see him again. That's just so creepy. Uh, and Malfurion's so well. not even looking at him when he does it. He's not even looking at him when he does because it's not worth looking at him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything about that, I am I am fully on board. This is the most we've seen Malfury and Stormrage do in, I don't know, forever. So, yeah, I am super cool with this de- plot development, and I can't wait to see what happens with him and with Taronda because Taronda's had some... I. You know, there's, we've yeah, seen there's... we have seen Vicious Tyrande before, but it was back in Warcraft 3. It was all the way back in Warcraft 3. And the Tyrande that we saw in World of Warcraft has always been I don't want to say passive, but I I feel like I almost have to because she's never really had a super active role in the story or anything. Um and when she did, she bore very little resemblance to the character that we saw in Warcraft 3. Um, so they've kind of been gradually ramping up her character, but this, the Tyrande that we've got right now, the one that you see when you go through and do all of these quests, this is like, it's like a return to Warcraft 3 and then a step beyond. And it's kind of terrifying, but it's cool, and I'm totally on board with it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. I mean, there's there's some interesting stuff on the horde side as well. Whereas, like, the horde is just flat out recruiting more forsaken out of dead night elves. And at least, I mean, one of the things I know from other people having done this quest is that one of the points that says is that there's no willing when you're raising the dead. It says there's no willing people around, which means that the ones that get raised in this are willing. They they allow no. it to happen. Yeah. No, there is there's straight up they they allowed it to happen like if you if you don't want to come back you don't come back so they they actually set that up there's a character that gets raised later in this scenario they set that up with her questioning things beforehand so it, it was interesting I, i'm not trying not to spoil things for people who haven't done it yet so yeah um and like i said i need to go do the horde side of things because the little glimpses that we got of horde stuff that was going on when you play through alliance side i'm like yeah i need to know more about all of that immediately um took a little while but i'm at the point where it's like i need to go do this so i'm gonna go do that later today but did you do the warfront oh yeah yeah i went and got my belt what do you think of the warfront uh it, it, I was watching it and saying to myself, okay, they tried to change up the mechanics here. Um, I felt like the area was actually smaller than I was expecting. Like, I a thought it would bit, be bigger. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it, it's still the basic same structure. It, you've got the three points to, to, to gain control of, then the fourth point that's the more central one. Then you go up to the end. Um, 
in terms of how it plays, it still plays pretty much like a Warfront, although the resource gathering stuff's a little changed. It's easier to get wood, as you might expect from one that's, you know, set in the middle of a forest. Uh, so, you know, that that I didn't have too much problem with. I, I felt like um, it's a little less intuitive than the, the other one, which is actually a good thing because you, you, there's less... People don't just steamroll right to the end the way that they do kind of on the other one. I thought that was interesting. I liked being able to turn into like various creatures. Like you can actually change it. Did you notice that you can turn into like wisps or fairy dragons or what have you? No, I didn't do any yeah. of that. Now I need to go yeah. back and do that. What I ended up doing was um, captured a bunch of points because I was playing a rogue. So of course, you know, run down, murder things. That's just what rogues do. Um, so we went and captured a bunch of points according to the quests that were laid out in there. And that was fine. Um, and that kind of led you through things. And then I got a glaive thrower. So I got one of those made and then I hopped on a hippogriff at one point and I was bombing stuff out in the bay, which was pretty cool. Um, or no, it wasn't a hippogriff. It was a bat. I hopped on a bat and then started bombing things out in the bay, which was pretty cool. Um, I didn't realize that you could do that. I liked the lead-in to this one because it felt like more of a lead-in. When you land in Arathi, you land in Arathi and you go, kill the dude in the courtyard, and then everything starts, right? This yeah, one actually this... had like a progressive lead-up to getting to where you needed to be to start the actual warfront. It felt longer, but I think part of that was just everybody there was figuring out what to do in it, and it it'll probably go quicker next time. Uh, one thing I noticed when I was doing it, um, in addition to the fact that there's stuff you can change it to, is like there's lots of people that I almost want to say guest appearances. Like this Lee Crow shows up. And yeah, I'm I was like, happy yeah, to see Lee her Crow. again. I was happy to see it's, her again. <laughs> she, she's standing next to Maev, which is just so weird. It's like, you know, these are two characters. It's very hard to believe these two characters know what to say to each other at any given point in time. Like Maya's like, get over there and do this thing. And this, he's like, yeah, we can take him. And Maya's like, you, you really are very are positive. You, you? Are you for real? You're like real <laughs> chipper for somebody who's, yeah. Um, I, I want to see the Horde side of the Warfront because I'm pretty sure that that's going to be just as interesting. And I'm wondering what kind of characters we'll see on that side of things. Um, obviously, we're going to have to wait until the whole Warfront cycle plays its course and all of that. But yeah, what do you I think get... about the change? They changed Warfronts a little bit in 8.1. Um, they changed it so that instead of having the long list of quests that you do, like during the Warfront cycle, where it's like kill twenty of this and twenty of this and twenty of this and turn those in, now there's just world quests in the area. Yeah, to- I'm. I was surprised that they did that, but I, I, I shouldn't have been. It feels like wow, that's actually pretty logical that they would do it that way. Uh, I noticed that they when you go up to queue for, for a Warfront now, they have the two like next to each other. And you've got this one's on this cycle, and this one's on this cycle, and pick which one you want to try and do. Uh, I noticed that. I, I think overall it's probably for the best because those quests were really cumbersome. But well, it I kind of missed the grindiness. Cumbersome. Yeah, it wasn't that they were cumbersome. It was that I would log in when it flipped over, and I would find the quest. I would get all the quests, and then over the course of like eh, an hour, I'd go out to Arathi, knock them all out, and then I was done with it until the Warfront actually opened. Yeah, but at the same time, it's they were good if you had that hour or two to knock them out. Yeah. But they could be, like, I saw people who were like, I still haven't got that done. Because it really did depend on the class you were playing and, like, if you yeah. could get enough people doing stuff. Like, rare hunting in particular was yeah. really hard for some people. 
So they there's there was some stuff to it. Eh, I, I understand why you do it. I, I do think it's good to have the world quest because those reset. Do you want to talk so, about my extraordinary luck for a minute? Sure, go ahead. There is one, exactly one creature in Arathi who I do not have the mount from yet. I have every other mount. <laughs> See, I feel like I wish Mitch I were here. I don't know because... how this happens. I don't know how this happens. But it's the one mount that I really wanted. I wanted the white raptor. I don't have the white raptor. I have every other mount in that stupid warfront, but I don't have the white raptor. Yeah, I, there's there's mounts in the new one too, aren't there? Yes, there are. Um, and I haven't started grinding on those, but I'm wondering, are they going to drop as easily as they did in the Arathi one? Because this luck streak thing, it can only go so far. And I mean, it started in Legion, and now we're here, and I'm like, at some point, it's going to wear off. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I haven't had a luck streak in this game since... I can't remember. I I think I think I used it all up getting one one mount way back when and since then I haven't haven't had it, period. So for me it's just eh, it's cool that other people get stuff. But it's I'm just not weird because it seems like it. every time it's flipped over, I get a mount. Every time it flips over. There's like one instance where I didn't get a mount. And every other time it's been, Oh yeah, okay, you're missing one of these mounts. Cool, we'll just give you this one and I'm like, Great. It's not the white raptor, but great. I still really want that white raptor. So yeah, I'm going to be going back to Arathi and still doing the weekly. Just killed that guy. Like that's all I'm really going to be concerning myself with is killing that guy on on the front of rares to kill cuz I have all the other stuff. Um yeah, and Darkshore, I'm not sure where all of the mounts are located in Darkshore, but that's research that I need to get into. Um yeah, I don't know. I I like how things are going so far. And I started the whole war campaign thing. Oh, did you do any of the invasion stuff? Because I did that this morning. That was a thing. No, no, I haven't actually gotten to those yet. <sighs> okay, so I did one on Alliance side um, that was up in Stormsong Valley. And when you get there, it plays out kind of like the Legion's invasions did, where you show up and... In this case, I think it was Gen who was like, hey, go take care of this stuff up there. So I went to go take care of that stuff up there. And there was a series of world quests that had, they just had the little alliance logo instead of the standard, you know, little exclamation point. And those were the ones for the invasion. So I knocked all those out. And once I knocked all those out, then it was like, okay, now go back to Deadwash and take this griffin. And you take the griffin and then you had to bomb a bunch of things. And of course, a lot of people were doing the same dang thing. So it took forever to get the bombing run complete because you don't get multi-tag on that stuff. Either that or people were just killing them fast, too fast. I don't know. But um, what really was terrible was we get to the very end of it, right? I finished the bombing run. It swings down. It says, you have to free these prisoners. I go to free the prisoners. They're like, you need the key from this mob. And then I turn around to this mob and... They're fighting the mob, and I go to tag it, and it's gray. And it remained gray for the next mm, 15 to 20 minutes while everybody was trying to tag it simultaneously because apparently the one mob you need to kill with the keys to finish this invasion is not a multi-tag mob. Ooh, that's a problem. And it's not an elite mob or anything either, so you can't group up in a raid group to get credit for it because that won't work yeah um and 
I was not the only unhappy person standing there. I was not the only unhappy person among the, I don't know, 35 to 40 players that were all standing there trying to complete this stupid thing and couldn't do it. So, uh, Blizzard, if you're listening, maybe you want to address that issue. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that feels like something that should be, you know, either yeah. make it an elite or and make it multi-tag. Definitely make it multi-tag. That needs to be there. Yeah. Uh, the idea that things like that aren't that's no that's no good i mean but yeah it's we a should quest probably mob. talk those, about those quest mobs should be multi-tag sorry go ahead um well one of the things that i wanted to mention really fast is that if you've been noticing that you're you know it takes less artifact power or azurite sorry less azurite uh to increase the level of your uh necklace they've noticed they've stopped doing that right about now with this patch and they won't be doing it again until january 22nd i think it is uh, when the new Azerite items come in with the new raid is when they're going to start doing that again. Right now, Azerite's at a place where it, it, it helps you unlock the level third power for the tier one Azerite peers where they, fe- they feel comfortable with where it is. So they're not going to be increasing it until new items come in and they need to be unlocked. Then it's going to start increasing again. So right now, your level of Azerite that it takes to upgrade your items, it's currently where it's going to stay. This is for everybody, not just you. It's not. It's not saying oh you right there. No, it's everybody. The level of Azerite it takes to get you know another level on your Azerite uh, necklace will stay the same until I, sw- I want to say the twenty second. I can't remember for sure if that's when it is, but I know it's the next raid. Hey, person phase. Yeah, January twenty second is when the ne- when the next raid comes out. If people were wondering, it's going to be after the holidays, and it's going to be well after the holidays. So take your time. Do the war fronts. Do you know the other new stuff? The um extension to the war campaign that that has progressed now too i'm kind of in the middle of that on my alliance character but i stopped doing it because i really wanted to do the horde stuff so i'm over there doing that now um there's a lot to do in between now and when the raid opens up and yep there's also a new pvp quest too yeah there's a lot of stuff uh... going on um oh and for people who are interested in leveling alts and doing old content and stuff like that. If you were wondering why the heck you couldn't do Legion raids in LFR, you can now. Um, if you speak to Archmage Tymir in Dalaran, the the Broken Shore Dalaran, um, you'll be able to access Legion Raid Finder solo or just with like a private group, that kind of thing. Um, so that's possible now. You can go back and you can go do that now if you missed out on any of that stuff, which is pretty cool. I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, I've been watching people do various old, uh, Legion LFR stuff. They still haven't put the gear. They they still the gear is still not considered legacy gear. No. So you still only get like a couple pieces. It's really kind of irritating. Yeah. But at least you can do it now. Um, I've I've been running it on normal and for a lot of it, but now you can go and do the LFR stuff. You can knock that out and and get looks you might not have. And if you are leveling alts, that has gotten a little bit easier. The time to level from 1 to 110 has been reduced by about 25%. So you should be leveling a little bit faster now. Um, Legion World Quests, the ones that reward reputation for High Mountain, Nightfall, and Army of the Light, and Argosian Reach. Those are the four that you need for the allied races. Those World Quests are now rewarding more reputation it's increased reputation so you can grind that out faster if you haven't gotten or unlocked those allied races and you want to go do so it's easier to do that 
So yeah, it, it seems like a lot of the stuff, they added a lot of new stuff, yes, but they also added a lot of stuff to kind of help people that were leveling or working on alts, that kind of thing, just to kind of ease that transition a little bit. Um, I know that, I think that they added books, if I remember right. I saw it on the vendor and then I yeah, didn't no, pick one up, but did. there's books on the vendor where you can learn all the flight paths. So you can pick up the book on the character that has earned the reputation and send it to any of your alts. And that way, if you level your alt to 120 by doing, you know, island expeditions or doing PVP or doing something that doesn't involve leveling through these zones and discovering those flight points, you can get them automatically now. You just have to fork over to pick them up, which thank goodness. That was a pain. There was something else <laughs> they did. I, I, oh. oh, no, this is actually just a bug that got fixed, but I feel like it should be mentioned. If you were a hunter oh, and yeah. you were upset because Spirit uh, spirit Mend wasn't working, uh, Spirit Bond, it's it was a bug. That, that whole thing where it was barely healing at all, that was a bug. It wasn't an intended change, and they have reverted it. They have fixed it. So if you, you know, were like, oh, God, this is useless now. It's not going to keep me or my pet up. They, they have they've put it back to where it was before. So there's that, that's not going to be a problem, which is good in my opinion. The other thing that I got to go do that I haven't had a chance to do yet is um, heritage armor. There's two new sets of heritage armor storylines. Yeah. Druid and blood elf. Yeah. My problem is that my only 120 blood elf isn't a blood elf anymore. It's a void elf. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll level one of my other blood elves then. <laughs> See, I, I'm going to be upfront. I am not interested enough in dwarves to level a dwarf to 120 to get that armor. It just isn't going to happen. So, yeah, I, I'm un, I, I'm unhappy about it because I was interested in the quest line. I, I did want to see it. So I'm not sure what to do there. I don't think the I don't know if race changing think, works. For yeah, this. yeah. Because the thing is, is the only thing that you need to be is you need to be you need to have a level 120 of that race. And you have to be exalted with that faction. All of my characters are exalted with like the four faction or the four or five original factions. And if you aren't exalted with those original factions, it's easy enough to do. Just go pop on a tabard and go grind some low level dungeons for a while. You'll get reputation for it and it'll take you a couple hours tops. It doesn't take long to get exalted at all. Not with those guys. Um, Obviously, later reputations do take a little bit longer because they're gated behind, you know, daily quests or weekly quests or whatever, what have you. But for the early stuff, all you got to go do is grind some dungeon mobs and you're golden. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you could race change and you could th you, you could theoretically race change and, and get that done. Um, but, yeah, it I was kind of like, oh, man, I got to be 120. Shoot, I don't have anybody that's 120 that's a blood elf right now. Dang. So yeah, I got to do that, but it's okay. I can get that done. I'm not I'm temporarily like, super about I'm, it. I'm temporarily back to being a blood elf just long enough to get my <laughs> Hi guys, I'm back. Long enough to learn about my heritage and then I'm going back to the void because that's just what I do here. No, um that's yeah, I don't have any plans on doing that. Anyway, um so yeah, 8.1. There's all kinds of stuff in 8.1. Obviously, the official patch notes are out and it, there's just a mountain of them. Um, you're going to want to take a look at them for there's nothing else. changes and stuff. There's, yeah, for you know. nothing else, but because of the fact that every single class has had like Azerite changes and there are class changes that are applicable to almost every class too. So, I, I mean, you want to go check that out. 
Uh, some classes have gotten better, some classes have gotten worse. It's the same thing that happens with every patch since the dawn of the game back in 2004. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the new Azerite stuff, have you have you gotten any of that gear yet? No. Other, the only thing I've gotten is I uh, got a belt out of the Warfront. I haven't gotten any new gear. So The new traits are kind of interesting. Because um, there's like new traits that have been added specifically with the Dark Shore, the addition of the Dark Shore Warfront. So they're kind of like um, if you stand still, this happens. But if you move, this other thing happens. And I'm like, oh, I like that. I, I kind of like that. I think it's like the one that I have is if you stand still, then you get a boost to your versatility. But if you move, you get healed or something like that. And it's just like a paltry amount. It's not a lot. It's not like a significant giant chunk of healing or anything like that. But it's enough where it's like, this is a really interesting trait. And this actually has me thinking because, you know, it's like, should I, should I stand still? Should I move? Should I run? Should I, what should I do here? And yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. I like the new Azerite traits. I think they're kind of neat. Yeah, we should also talk about another game that's having some stuff going on because yes. Overwatch, Overwatch's Winter Wonderland, we finally have the new skins for it. We, you know, there was a gallery. Uh, didn't, didn't you do the gallery? Yes. I thought that was you. Yeah. And so they're let's awesome. Let's talk about that briefly. Actually, before we talk about those skins, I want to talk about the uh, the new Away skins that are coming in. Um, if you don't know, if you've ever watched Overwatch League, the team that's you know playing the Away side, uh, they have a different they have different uniforms than the the typical team skins. They have a white skin with their accent colors of their team. Oh, um, and uh, that for, for, so far that's just been for Overwatch League, but now. With with the coming of the new league, they've put in they, for Winter Wonderland. They've put in a thing where, if you have your team skin for say you have Brigitte and you have her team skin for the uh, the Boston Uprising, right? Um, you now have her away skin for the Boston Uprising as well. Oh, is this the automatic edition? Okay, it's an automatic so you get edition. Both. And if you if you buy a new skin, you get both the home and away versions for every. If you buy like say Genji's uh, you know Shanghai skin you get both home and away for everything for all the current teams. And when the new teams come in, which will be in February, they will, they will also have their home and away that they will be available and you will get both. So if you buy, you know, wrecking balls team skin for, for the new Washington team, you'll get the home skin and the away skin. And the away skins are all that white with the accent colors, which They're I really just, sharp really looking. Nice. I liked yeah. when you when I was watching Overwatch League. I always liked seeing what the away variants looked like, and I kind of wish that they had them in game. I was like, well, why don't they have those in game? I mean. Okay, maybe they're granted they're not as colorful as the actual team skins are, but they're still really cool. So yeah, I'm glad that they added those. That and makes me it's happy. the same price. It's it's the same hundred uh, league tokens for you know per skin, and you get both. Like when you buy, like you know, like I said, the Genji, you know, one or whatever, you buy one one character's team skin, you get both the home and away, and it's retroactive. So if you've been out there collecting these this whole time, like say you've actually gotten the like the dragons, you know, skins for every character you play, you will get their away skin too. It'll just the second that went. It's away, automatic. Like, it's in right now. If yeah. you have them, if you have not logged in, if you log then, in, hey, guess what? You have new skins to look at, which and is pretty cool. You, haven't bought them yet when you do you'll get them both so i think that's really a good way to do that um but in addition to that we now have brand new skins because winter wonderland brought a whole bunch of those and 
since you did the gallery, you should probably talk about them and I'll just sit we here. We were so far off on our assumptions because we were thinking, oh, maybe it'll be Nutcracker themed or whatever. Maybe there will be a Rat King Junkrat. No, there's not. But there's a Krampus Junkrat and he's great. He's so creepy looking. <laughs> Krampus, this is the year of Krampus, man. Everyone's bringing Krampus up. It's it's kind of wild to me. I don't and the know. The Junkrat Krampus but... is crazy he's terrifying and i love his tire it's like studded with toys and stuff there's there's a bunch of new skins most of them are previewed on twitter but there were a couple that didn't quite get the preview on twitter um ash has a winter skin now that's like blue and white themed and it's also reflected in bob's skin too which i thought was pretty cool um bastion has a gift wrap skin so he looks like he's wrapped up and um oh my gosh i just forgot birdie's name and i'm really terrible it's like on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I, anyway, I can't remember it either. His little birdie yeah. is a partridge, which I thought was really great because you know partridge. His gun looks like it's made out of wood. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, there's like I think there's a wooden bastion skin too that's actually pretty cool. Um, and then Reinhardt has a festive makeover that's like gold and red and metallic green, and it's really really cool looking. Um, and I was happy that he finally got some kind of holiday something. Uh, Lucio. I love Lucio's skin. It's an Arctic fox skin. And his hair is this big, puffy, white ponytail. It looks kind of like a foxtail. It's really cool looking. And then, um, obviously, Sugar Plum Fairy Mercy. That leads, like, into the whole Nutcracker theme. So, okay, cool. We had that. But we didn't really get that with any of the other characters. Symmetra has an amazing figure skater skin that I love the colors for. I think it's like jade greens and blues and kind of in between. And yeah, it's just like really, really cool looking. And then Widowmaker. Widowmaker has a biathlon skin, which is... I didn't think it was possible for Widowmaker to look any more irritated than she usually does. But... For some reason, this particular skin makes the just casual indifference on her face into something else. And I I like what they did with it. It's weird seeing her without a ponytail because she's got like the helmet thing on with the goggles. So her hair is just down and it's weird. Um, I didn't realize exactly how iconic Widowmaker's hair had gotten in my head until I saw her without it. Then the Zarya skin must be messing with you. The Zarya skin is really weird because um, that one, she's a snowboarder um, and her hair is covered entirely, but it's okay because it's like a cute little blue teddy bear hat. And I don't know. It just works. It totally works. Um, I like that one a lot. There's a couple of new emotes now too. Uh, Genji has one where he cuts a bunch of paper star or paper stars from like a folded piece of paper which was kind of funny. And then um, there's one with Torbjorn where he opens a box and it's full of tiny little baby turrets that I don't want to say that they bark at him, but they are kind of, they're like hopping up and down and he's just like really happy about them. And then a bunch of characters that did not have toast animation or toast emote type things. They have them now. Uh, Brigitte has one with a kitty cat mug and I really need that cat mug. Can we get that added to the Blizzard store, please? Um, Doomfist has one. Moira has one. Reaper has one, but he's like dumping the cup out, which I thought was pretty great. Uh, Tracer's got a little cup of tea. And then Junkrat. Junkrat has this... (laughs) He's kind of like 
hunched over and drinking what looks like a smoothie out of a straw or something like that. I don't know. Um, I love the expression on his face and his in particular really stood out to me. Uh, And then because Wrecking Ball didn't really get anything else, there's a new intro with Wrecking Ball that's like a festive one where he's messing with wires and then it turns out that he's like lit up his mech with Christmas lights, which I thought was pretty great. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I... I like all of the skins. I really do. Um, The other thing that they did was Blizzard World, the map, the Blizzard World map was given a Winter Wonderland makeover. However, it's broken. Something is fundamentally broken with that map. So they have temporarily disabled it. You can't get into the Winter Wonderland Blizzard World map right now. Um, They're working on addressing whatever those issues are. And they'll have it back up and running as soon as they can, I'm sure. That's unfortunate, but, you know, yeah. better to fix it than to have it create issues. Yeah, it was just one of those, what did you guys do kind of things, you know what I mean? It was like, how did you, how did you, how did you mess it up that bad? That's weird. <laughs> it was probably something really simple that, you know, doesn't combine well with other things or something. I don't know. I mean, just, yeah. It, it happens. We've all seen weird bugs happen. Yeah. All right. We should probably uh, move on to emails, though, at this point, because, well, we're running out of show. And we uh, do have a so few of those. If, you know, if you have an email for the show, please always remember to send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. Um, you can send them to both shows, but, I, you know, it's easier if you pick one. Uh, the way we know where it goes. Uh, Dan, if you don't mind reading for us. Okay. First email is from Vertigree, an undead frost mage of Dalaran, who says... Hey y'all, this is Vertigree, wondering what exactly happened to that giant place under Orgrimmar that was the end of Pandaria's raid? The entrance to Ragefire Chasm blocks the way in-game, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new Undercity down there, considering how many new Forsaken there are. But what do you think could be going on beneath Orgrimmar? You know, that's a really good question, and I actually went and did Siege of Orgrimmar on Mythic the other day, because it occurred to me that I hadn't actually done that yet, and I figured, eh, I can solo stuff now, I'll go do that. Um, And when I got to the point where you get to the end of Ragefire Chasm and then take the elevator down, that's when I started thinking about this, going, are they doing anything with this? Did they block this off? Like, what, what happened after Siege of Orgrimmar? Did they turn that into a research facility like are the goblins down there what's going on with that place i don't know got any ideas rossi i've always wondered about that because i mean it's a huge hole uh you collapse that thing at this point you're going to collapse half of org if you collapse that thing in Uh, i doubt seriously that they would it's an enormous space um uh it's one of those things where you know do you remember when you were doing the raid and you would go in and for the first time you saw the warlocks all strung up yes and that was like the that really affected me. Even though I hate don't I'm not like you know super a warlock player or nothing, but I just remember thinking, wow, that's 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 a big deal that they just killed all the warlocks. That got dark real fast. Yeah. yeah, and I just you know with that kind of shamanism still sort of existing, like it was it was the thing that really got me about that they were adapted Twilight's Hammer guys. Those were like Twilight Hammer guys that basically took a deal from Garage. Because, you know, he's working with crazy old god stuff. And did they use the elements to do that? And if so, remember he said that they twisted and tortured the elements from miles around so that Thrall couldn't contact them? Yeah. 
Well, that means that that place is like that now. Like, have they been spending the past several years trying to fix that? Like, have has that been like you know have the, have the horde shamans basically been going underneath and like saying, okay, we're really sorry about all that. Can we fix? We want to repair our, our relationship to you. Like, or is it now that Sylvanas is war chief? Is she like you know this is perfect? A place where you know pesky shaman can't spy on me. I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna set up a a plague lab right down here. There, there's a lot of potential for that place. It really is kind of interesting to think about, but I don't. I don't know what they're doing with it. Obviously, the last we heard was, you know, Nissa Pandaria. We've heard nothing since. Vol- we didn't get the problem is because since we went straight into uh, Warlords, it's not like we get to see Vol'jin doing anything as Warchief. So if there was any sort of cleanup, we didn't see anything about it. It was never mentioned. And then we went straight into Legion. It's not like people had time for. Oh yeah, well, it's we're completely surrounded by demons. We're attacking all these places, but you know, we do still have this big hole to deal with. It's like, no, guy's priorities. So, yeah, that's, I don't know either. But I didn't even think about that, though, that it would actually functionally serve as like a second undercity because it's literally under the city. Yeah, okay. it's a big place underground. And, and nobody goes work. down there and it's real big. Like there's a lot. That there's oh, yeah, a lot was... of little branching tunnels and things. There's different rooms. There's different there's there's a place where you put a devil sore if you happen to have one of those. Yeah, if if you're collecting devil swords, there's it's a devil just, you know, thing. there's there's a storage facility there for all kinds of creatures to like do plague experiments on or whatever. It ooh, man, I yeah, hope you, that's not about, the case. If you think about it just in terms of scale, it's easily as big as Orgrimmar itself. Yeah. And so I don't think they could have just collapsed it cuz Orgrimmar itself would have subsided about 5 to 10 feet. So, yeah, it's, it's probably all still there. We're just, you know, waiting for someone to come up with a use for it and like plague devil sores maybe who knows uh certainly uh, not no. the <laughs> it's like i used to imagine someone you know like, See, everybody, like going... everybody always talks about though how this is like oh it's just like miss it's like siege of orgamar 2.0 because da, 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 we're gonna have to attack sylvanas and blah 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 and the thing is is if they did that with 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 Ragefire with the facility under Ragefire, if they turn that into some kind of Forsaken stronghold that we would then have to raid, it would be exactly it would be Siege of Orgrimmar 2.0. That's that's how you make that happen. And I wouldn't be happy with that because quite frankly, I had enough of the Siege of Orgrimmar I, I really did. <laughs> when you, it was you, thought, you felt like raiding it for a year was like too much? What? Like that was... I, that, that was enough. I'm full up on the Siege of Orgrimmar. I mean, I went and I did it on Mythic, and when I went and did it on Mythic, I got somewhere near the second half of it where I was all underground and I couldn't mount up or anything, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember why this place was a pain in the butt, because you have to walk everywhere, and it's so big. <laughs> yeah, it takes a long time to get around. I, it really does. Is I, don't, I don't actually think it would need to be a raid. I think it would be great if in the next expansion... The Forsaken just have to live under Orgrimmar, and so they do in that giant space, and that's just where they live. And it's not a raid; it just it, it's where you, if you're a Forsaken, you live down there and you take the elevator up when you want to go to the surface. I think yeah. that could be a cool use of the space. Um, but you know, we'll see if they do anything with it, or if they even remember that they have it. It would certainly utilize the space. You know, there's there's room there where you could fit the Forsaken in there if you wanted to. Um, cause Lordaeron's kind of, um, 
I mean, unless they get some red dragons to fly overhead and just toast the place, like torch it, I don't think anybody's going to be living there again anytime soon. I keep uh, thinking at some point they're going to end up really revealing that, you know, the, the Scourge have moved in. The Scourge? And that, you know... Yeah, yeah I honestly and it's going to be like Wrath gonna... 2.0, which I, I don't want that either. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I know something's on the wind because we have Talia. <laughs> Yeah, and also, Bolvar was up to and lots of shenanigans. Bolvar is doing expansion. all kinds of weird stuff that we're not quite sure what he's doing. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next email here is from Tuckfin, who says, Hey, uh, Tuckfin, a gnome warrior. Of course you are. From Wormrest Accord here. You guys were talking about bards last week, and it got me thinking of potential classes to be added. Off the top of my head, we could have spellbreakers, like from Warcraft 3, high tinkers, and dark rangers. What do you guys think? Best wishes, Tuckfin. I don't want to sound like Captain Negative here, but I really don't want to add any more classes. There's enough classes. Like, oh my god, we have so many classes now. We're up to like 12, aren't we? It's something like 36 specs total with Druids having four and Demon just having two. Yeah, um, I just, I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot needed to be added. A Spellbreaker is basically just a Prot Warrior. It's a Shield Warrior, who, you know, anti-magic abilities. It's you could you could handle that you could do that with a couple of classes that could just as easily be a paladin really um the uh dark rangers is just basically it's just undead it's just forsaken hunters it doesn't need to be anything else I, I don't think we need a special class for it i would say shadow hunter but i think that kind of falls under the same line as dark ranger in some ways some aspects it's sort of like here's a shaman with a bow that's also darkness and no i don't really see that working too much either high tinker would be interesting just because it would be it'd be kind of cool to have some kind of gadget based class that's you know all about the mechanical stuff and that might be interesting but i don't know if it's worthy of an entire class you know what i mean yeah and I even mean, I bard get... i mean when we were talking about bard last week we we're like well, it's it could be cool in concept, but, eh, you know. In order to get it to actually work within the Warcraft setting, we basically threw away all the stuff about musical instruments. <laughs> so that was like, um, it's not really a bard anymore at this point, but yeah, it would work. Uh, it'd be like a lore master slash, uh, you know, time walker type thing. Lore walker slash time walker class concept. So yeah, I don't, I honestly feel like WoW has enough classes. Like I could, if I really wanted to, I could sit here and come up with a few more that, that would make sense. Like they've talked about the rune master, the rune, you know, the rune Smith a few times. That's something they almost did do back in wrath. Like they, they were considering adding like a rune master type class and they went with the death Knight instead, but then they worked the runes into death Knights. Yeah. So that they, they still kept the rune thing there. I don't think, I think that means they're not going to do a specifically rune based class. Um, I feel like they, they, they brought it in the way they felt like it was worth bringing in. Um, but, but they exist and you could bring them in if you wanted to. Um, Let's be real here. You can open the floodgates on types of characters you can create. They did that with allied races. Instead of, you know, one new race, every expansion, they said, here are handfuls, oodles of new, new cosmetic races to choose from. Pick one. There are so many, right? And you can earn the right to, bring them to your cause and then you can play as them if you want to or you don't have to but it's all kind of like a cosmetic sort of thing and yeah there are gameplay elements involved because each of these allied races has their own set of racials and things like that but at the same time they still they can only be 
a, a select number of classes from the existing classes that are in the game. So you don't necessarily have to think about balance. When you bring in a new class, you have to balance that class with everybody else, and you have to balance everybody else around the addition of that new class, and that's a much larger undertaking. So I think the reason we haven't seen a new... When was the last new class we got? Was it Monks? Legion. No, Legion. Demon oh, Hunter. De- Demon Hunters. Jeez. How do I forget about Demon Hunters? When you bring in a new class, you kind of have to, like... It, it's a lot more work. It's a lot more work. So and you'll notice the Demon Hunter thing. Not only did they limit it to two races. Yeah. So like you can just be those two races and that's it. Demon Hunters, I mean, they're still cool. I got nothing against them. They're fun to play. But yeah. they feel like it's easy to forget them because they feel really tied to stuff like Legion. Having a Demon Hunter run around the you know, run around Calteris or Xandalar feels kinda odd. It's like, what what do I do now? Oh, we we've beaten the Legion. I guess I'll just hang out then. Yeah, okay, sure. There's, there's a I war almost kind of wish that they get more storyline because essentially the whole reason for Demon Hunters to exist that issue was taken care of in Legion. So there's that outstanding question of what do we do now that hasn't really been brought up or addressed. And I feel like it's something that maybe should be at some point. I mean, obviously, it's got no major bearing on any of the storyline that's going on in Battle for Azeroth. But it still feels like there are points there that could be addressed and moved further forward that have not been. It's like they were introduced because they were cool in the moment. But now that that moment is over, we're kind of forgetting about them. And I don't think that we should because it's a really cool class. Plus, I mean, you know, it would be nice to see them get more story just just to highlight that, yes, Sargeras is currently imprisoned, but he's not dead. And if he ever got out, it's all going to start up again. Like, this isn't like we, we, we got a respite here, but this does not mean that we are just completely safe and the Legion's dealt with forever. It means that we got a break. You know what I mean? Like the, the the death. I could easily see demon hunters being like, guys, we're not giving up on our whole watching out for demons thing just because we got a temporary reprieve. We, you know, for one thing, demons are still out there, and secondly, they they could come together again. Sargeras is not dead; he's just being held. So yeah, they, they, you could do stuff with them. But I understand why it wasn't a priority this expansion. Yeah, they wanted to move on to the current story. It just Which feels like fine. it would be nice, you know, it'd be nice uh, if there was a little something. I mean, you don't want to beat a story into the ground until it's completely dead and I totally get that because I mean you start featuring one character too much and then people get really tired of that character and just want to move on or you know they just get really tired of the story in general because you're focusing on this one thing or whatever right I mean we saw it with Thrall and Cataclysm by the end of Cataclysm people were really tired of Thrall um, and they weren't necessarily too jazzed to see him come back in Warlords either even though I I wanted more to happen with Thrall than what happened with Thrall in Warlords. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that there was a lot of potential there that just got wasted. I think that expansion in particular was just oodles of wasted potential that will never see the light of day. And I and I still get upset when I think about it because <laughs> if we get if we get too much into that, we'll be yeah. really talking about it for the next. Yeah. 10 minutes, so, so let's go ahead and go to the next question here. We have one more here that we'll go ahead and answer uh, for the sake of the time here. Um, this one is from Uthos, and Uthos says, Can't Blizzard give engineers an item they 
they can make that will teach a rogue how to attach a retractable blade to any fist weapon, allowing them to use fist weapons as daggers. You did it for hunters. Uthos. What did they do for hunters? They let hunters uh, go melee, I think, the survival uh, thing. Well, yeah, I guess they did. I don't know. Maybe they maybe they put a retractable blade on their guns or something. I, I'll be honest. I have not been paying a ton of attention to Hunters in this expansion. No. So. Me neither. Not yet. I have a couple of Hunter alts, but they haven't gotten any playtime as of yet. Um, would this be nice? Yes. Would it be nice to have some alternative, any alternative, to the standard dagger? Yes. Did I log into patch 8.1 with the futile hope that maybe... Just maybe I'd be able to transmog a fist weapon over my daggers. Yes. Was I able to do so? Absolutely not. Because I'm stuck with daggers. <laughs> I just feel at this point, uh, <laughs> one of the things that would really be nice is if Blizzard looked at weapon restrictions and backed off on them a bit. They added them in, in Legion because they were making the artifacts a thing. And the artifacts were a specific kind of weapon. So, for instance, Frost lost its dual wield ability. I mean, lost its two hand weapon ability and, you know, you had to dual wield and they, they tighten up on weapon types, but I don't think that there's a useful things to do when you're not having the weapons handed to you. There's a, there's a fine line between class flavor and boredom. And right now being in one of the few classes in game that is restricted to a single weapon type for the spec that I play, just one, since I started playing it back in Wrath of the Lich King, I'm bored. <laughs> I, I am yeah, so I, far into bored that I can't even see the line towards class flavor anymore. And I don't care how many times you spout class flavor. Fine. That's fine. I just want a little variety. Come on, guys. Well, plus, I mean, it's very hard to justify the idea that you can only stab people in the back with daggers, but not swords. When, I'm sorry, some of the daggers are sword sized. Some of those daggers are huge. Like, if I can sneak up with somebody with that thing, I can't sneak up with somebody with a rapier? A rapier is not that flashy. Just go behind them, stab them. It's like, what, what is the issue here? It's sharp. It's pointy. Stab him in the back with it. There's just that that element has always kind of confused me. Um, I mean, I understand that with assassination and with subtlety, the whole flavor part of it you want to be subtle you want to be in the shadows you want to be unnoticed all this other stuff and it's easier to do that with a dagger or whatever i guess because you can hide a dagger on your person but the thing with fist weapons is some of those fist weapons are super small some of them look like you know brass knuckles or something like that they don't they don't look or like fist weapons a couple of blades that kind of like strap on the back of your hand yeah like, they uh don't they aren't super not all of them are like that giant pink whirling monstrosity from Naxxramas okay hey, 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 <laughs> I, just, hey. I love I don't want to hear the word monstrosity no, no. used I, for that that thing I, is great I love that one I I wielded that one proudly for as long as I possibly could in Wrath of the Lich King I loved it to bits um, this was of course back when I was still playing combat anyway um, yeah I just a little variety never killed anybody even even in the name of class flavor, I, I don't think it really... And, and I don't even think that it needs to be an engineer token thing or whatever. I mean, it could be. That's fine. Give engineers something to make that they can put on the auction house and actually sell for a good chunk of change because it's been a while since that's happened. But it's not necessary. Just maybe look at those restrictions and look at loosening those restrictions because... It's There are very few classes out there that are as limited in the scope of what they can and cannot equip 
You know what I mean? And oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm quite aware on that one. It, it's boring. It's just boring. If you are watching the stream right now, uh, I went and opened up the uh, the weapon collection window just so I could pop open Calamity's Grasp, which is the first weapon we were talking about. The so giant you're pink whirly gig. I love that yeah, giant you... pink whirly gig. That was one this of the coolest weapons. This is apparently <laughs> This is, a, as far as we can tell, this is the hat that the Lich was wearing. Um, I don't get why he was wearing a hat with a big spinny, pointy death thing on it, but there you go. It I looks very much like it. All I know is it was my favorite buzzsaw for like the longest time and I loved it to pieces and then I switched over to assassination and I had to use daggers which was okay but yeah it's a long story everybody knows how frustrated I am with daggers at the moment and that story isn't getting any less old so I guess we'll move on do we have time for one more I guess sure Okay, because we have long, one, so. we have one more email here, so we'll just kind of why don't I just like read the first couple of sentences and we'll call it good and move on from there? Because this one's from Easy Target, who's a troll hunter on Oldman, who says, "Sup, Blizzard Watch folks." While pondering the whole Night Warrior thing, it occurred to me to ask myself, is a Luna Titan? We have an extra Titan from Argus that the Titans themselves did not find, with the possibility of Titans being more numerous than previously thought. Could smaller or larger stellar objects have world souls that the Titans themselves could not initially perceive? I don't know if a Loon is a Titan, necessarily. I don't know. What do you think? I have thought about this a lot. Um, I'm still kind of on the fence on it. Like, Every so often, I think to myself that it's weird that the night elves thought that a loon lived in the in the well of eternity, like she would just live in there and you would yeah. come out at night. And I mean, to me, that says some things that you know. One of the things that could be would be you, you think about Azeroth. The well of eternity links directly to Azeroth's world soul. It's 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 the blood of the planet. It's the arcane essence of the Titan. So the the world soul. And see, if, I always think about the reflection on the water. You see the moon reflected in the water. Yeah, and that's and it comes out at night. At it. You know, it's just it, there's a lot of stuff to it. Uh, I don't know that a loon's a titan. Certainly, um, the tear of a loon is one of the pillars of creation used, and that's suggestive because the pillars of creation were created by the titans. Um, but at the same time, a loon seems to have a very different scope. Like the night warrior stuff, definitely doesn't seem particularly titan-like. I, in fact, it's unique in that we've never seen in anything like it before. The idea, and it's 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 linked to like actual magical ideas in, in the world, like the idea of there being like multiple facets to a moon goddess. And it would make sense that she'd have like a dark side, like literally a dark side in this case, like a the 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 wrath of the the moon goddess. See, and moon. I could I could tongue in cheek say, yeah, this all goes back to the whole light and void cycle thing and maybe she is a little more related to the Naru than we previously thought. But um that's my wild and crazy theory and that has since been while there are similarities and there are admitted similarities between the two aspects of this kind of thing, it's I don't think that the I don't think Alun is a Naru. I think if Alun oh. is anything, Alun is like the being like the light equivalent of what the void lord lords are on the void side you know what i mean well they definitely made it seem like that was a possibility when they made the tear of a loon wake up zira yeah they definitely they 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 put that in there now it's not just you having a crazy theory anymore 
it's them having put in some corroborating evidence that there's a connection between Elune and the Naru. And we know that there's a connection between the Titans and the Naru just because both can use the light. Um, because we know Noru Shen in uh, Mists of Pandaria is channeling the light to, you know, burn away the, the Shah. And even says the light is not gentle, it purifies. So I just I feel like the Void Lords send out the old gods, obviously, to go possess planets or whatever. Maybe whatever is on the light side sends out the Naru and sends out the Titans even or wakes the Titans up, you know, in an effort to counteract what the Void... There, there's like a cycle there. There's a cycle of light and darkness going on there. And I feel like Elune fits in there somewhere. And that dichotomy that she has between the light side and the dark side, it's something that's never been explored before, but it makes perfect sense in the context of a moon goddess and it makes perfect sense in the context of well, this is a creature that created the Naru, supposedly. And if it's a creature that created the Naru, then it created them with that light and void cycle, Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. We've discussed that before. It's really so makes sense. maybe that's reflective of whatever that deity or being happens to be. So it makes sense. I don't think she's a titan, though. I don't think Aluna's a titan, and and I just I don't think that that's something. See, I'm I'm very cagey on the on the subject of saying one way or another because I mean I could see them going either way with it. Yeah. But I don't feel particularly like she's a titan. Her no. her way of operating is both more involved and less involved than the Titans. The Titans come in and monkey stuff around. Elune seems extremely reluctant to do that. I but feel at the like same she's time, like a step above where the Titans are. Elune does almost. act, and she acts more directly than the Titans do sometimes. Like that whole thing with that satyr. Yeah. And it was really interesting to do the to, to do the Warfront and to do the quest leading into the Warfront to see the Night Elves' approach to Elune has changed. Yeah. And that was interesting. Uh, not to go too much into it, but they themselves don't know. They they they're they're of multiple opinions on what Elune is and what she's doing, and if she's even there. So there's, I think I think it's. I don't think we're going to find out anytime soon, but I do think we're going to find out more as this expansion progresses. So I'm interested in that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of interested in what comes out of that. Anyway, that wraps us up for emails, and that's also going to wrap us up for the show. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line. Send over to the show. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.